You good? You good? Check, 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 check. Test, test, test. Check, 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 check. Hey, there we go. Check, check. Hey, Scarlett, it's going to be keep feeding back if you point it away from me. There we go. Check, check. All right. Hey, guys. We're about, we're, we're short bunch of people tonight. Everybody's out of town. It's okay. Let's worship. You guys got uh, lyric sheets and everything? What song are we doing first? Okay. Come let us worship our King. Come let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. God has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You freed every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awakened alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Yeah. faithful through every storm you be faithful forevermore you have done great things yeah and i know you will do it again for your promise is yes and amen you have done great things you will do great things oh hero Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You freed every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awakened alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things have done great things oh hero of heaven you conquered the grave you freed every captive and break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awakened alive oh jesus my savior your name lifted high oh 
Amen. Does this rest on us? God, that is our prayer this, uh, this evening, uh, that you fill us. Um, God, we need you. We need you. Plain and simple. So fill us uh, this evening and fill us with your truth. Uh, fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm double duty tonight. Pastor Brian is out of town with Dino and Ashley. 
left me to fend for myself. The wolves. I'm just kidding. That's fine. So I'm just going to pick up where we left off last week, where Brian left off last week. Um, and that is in the book of Colossians. So if you have your Bible with you, or if you have your phone app, whatever you use to, uh, to read the Word, open it up to Colossians. And we're going to um, just go verse by verse. Uh, many of you guys know that's what we do here at, um, at West Church is just study the Bible on the beach. What a better place to do it. Um, and so we're going to do that tonight. And so uh, here's our text. It's Colossians 1, 24 through 29. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So let's pray for this. God, we come today and we, we want understanding about your, your, your word. God, we want to know what, what you are saying through your Apostle Paul. And we want you to teach us not only so we know, but that we can uh, carry these things out in our daily lives, Lord, that we can apply them in our lives. So be with me, Holy Spirit. I need you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's just go ahead and start in verse 24. We'll just get right into it. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. So first thing is, hold up. What is he talking about? Paul is saying, first, I rejoice in my sufferings. So I don't know uh, if any of you guys have ever suffered before, but it's not something to... That we're just happy to rejoice. Hey, rejoice in this. This is amazing. Paul is saying rejoice in the sufferings. Suffering is not fun. Suffering is horrible. In fact, uh, it's, it's crazy that he can say, I rejoice in my sufferings. Because if you've suffered, it is terrible. It is suffering. So how can you do that? Why, why can you do that? Is he just naive? Is he not... No, Paul is not naive. Paul has suffered. He has been beaten. He's been shipwrecked. He goes through a list of things a mile long in a, another letter. He is not ignorant. In fact, he is the opposite of ignorant. He has been shown by God things to come. He has been shown. He has been. It's made to. He has been. Um, he has been given the message by God. And so the reason why he can say, I rejoice in my sufferings, is because he knows what the end result is of his suffering. He knows that it's not just suffering. He can see beyond the suffering. 
in Romans, another letter that he wrote, chapter 5, verse 1, he says, 1 through 5, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. There it is again. You hear Paul right there? He says, rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Paul knows what suffering does. Suffering makes us grow it it gives us uh, it creates it produces uh, endurance and, and endurance produces character and character hope so there is an end result that Paul knows that's why he can say I rejoice in my sufferings for you you know it's just like if we're if we're on a diet or if we're exercising a lot or uh, it's just very hard to eat correctly you know, when you've got a plate of, uh, what do you not like to eat? Anything? Anything other than chicken nuggets? If you got like broccoli and then you got a big old plate of In-N-Out French fries right there. I mean, it's just amazing. You're going to pick In-N-Out every day. It's really difficult to make choices good choices when you're working out it's easy to sleep through what you're supposed to be working out working out is difficult it's, it takes a lot of energy sleeping correctly have you ever tried to sleep correctly with two little girls it's very difficult it takes a lot you guys know you're new parents it's really hard to sleep train your kids these kind of things are hard to do but the end result what is the end result of sleeping well a lot of energy in result of eating well, a lot of energy, working out, yeah, big muscles like Dino, you know, well, maybe not that big, but, you know, you get healthy. And so these things are hard to do, just like suffering is very difficult to go through, but Paul is saying here that there's a good end result. And so let's move on to this, the second part of that, that verse right there. He goes, I rejoice in suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is the church. That is, this is also really confusing, because he's saying he's filling up what is lacking. I mean, what is lacking in, like Christ, when he says I'm filling up, what is lacking in Christ's afflictions? That is crazy. How, how, nothing is lacking. If we know Paul and all of his other letters, uh, he has said over and over that there is nothing we can add to what Jesus has done. Right? I mean, do you guys agree? I agree with that. That the finished work of Christ on the cross is enough for our salvation. And if we say any different, it's heresy because it is enough. What Christ has done, we cannot add or take away from what Christ has done on the cross. And so he has to be talking about something else. And so, as I was reading commentaries and um, listening to sermons, I ran across this sermon that explains it pretty well, and it's by uh, one of my favorites, a guy named John Piper. And uh, I took a quote from the sermon, which explains kind of what, 
what he thinks Paul is saying in this verse, and I agree with him, and his quote is, what is missing is the in-person presentation of Christ's sufferings for the people for whom he died. That's hard to wrap your head around. It's very deep. Let me say it again. So when Paul says in his verse that he came, uh, that, let me read it right, so, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of the body. So Piper says, what is missing is the in-person presentation of Christ's sufferings to the people for whom he died. So I'm going to try to break it down a little bit. So when we bring the gospel to people, we don't just share just words. We don't, we don't speak about how uh, Christ was a servant. Yes, he was. Those words are true. Christ was a servant. We don't just speak about that. What do we do? We, we, we are a servant to those people. So we become servants. And so what we're doing is we are showing people what Christ is like. We are actually showing them physically what Christ is doing, uh, physically serving others. When we love people, we physically love people. We, and, when we, uh, and so the same thing is so when we're suffering, when we come to people and we physically suffer for those people, we are showing what Christ has done for us on the cross. And so we're bringing that in-person kind of uh, presentation of Christ's suffering to somebody. Uh, try to bring that home just a little bit. There's a story about this Indian um, missionary who was traveling uh, way out in the boondocks uh, to this village where he knew that the people had not heard the gospel. He knew it was a small, very small bit village, and he knew that the people had not heard the gospel. And so he was going, like a good missionary, he was going. So he traveled all day long on foot. He got to that village, and there wasn't a lot of people there, but he started, he posted up in the middle of town, and he started preaching the gospel to the people. And they didn't like it. <laughs> he traveled all day long, and they didn't even like it. So they threw him out of town. And so he's over there, now he's outside. So he's so tired from preaching, so tired from walking, <clears throat> that he is falls asleep underneath a tree. So he wakes up right before it gets dark and he said he's surrounded by the villagers. And he's thinking, now I'm gonna die. They're gonna, they're gonna kill me because they didn't like what I said. And so one of the guys, one of the elders of the village says, we noticed on your feet, um, we noticed all the sores and all the blisters on your feet. And we knew that your feet were bleeding. And we knew that you were a holy man and we knew that you cared so much about us that you would walk all the way over here, bloody your feet, and you cared so much about this message that you have that you would come and bloody your feet for us. We want to hear the message. And he preached the gospel to them and they believed. Not because he was a, a, a great preacher, because they didn't like his preaching, obviously. They threw him out of town. But because he brought the sufferings of Christ with him, and that's how he showed them the gospel. And so that's, that's kind of, uh, I think, what Paul is talking about in that verse. So let's move on. Verse 25, yes, 25 to 27. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches 
of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Thank you. So, Paul is a steward. He has a message. The message is not Paul's message. It's a message from God. God is saying here, uh, bring this message to the people. And what is the message? It is a message that it says right here is a mystery that has, been re that has not been revealed to the people for ages. What is that mystery? The mystery is, is that Gentiles can be saved and they can become uh, in the family, not just Jews. So they can become one. They can become one family with the Jews. And this is good news. It's good news for all of us because I don't know. Maybe there's, there are Jewish people here, but uh, we're, I'm a Gentile. Everybody else is Gentile just as a non-Jew. And so this is great news for those that weren't born in the bloodline. For us, for me and you, this is great news. So that is the mystery that was, that was, uh, that was hidden. Is that now, through the blood of Jesus, that we have access, that we can become part of the family. And it's not, and, and it's not this uh, just Jewish thing. We are now heirs not heirs, but heirs of the treasure through the blood of Jesus. So that anybody, anyone, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what color, what race, where you come from, uh, anybody can be saved if they call on the name of the Lord. And that's true not only in Paul's time, that's true today, that's true on this beach, that's true in your jobs, anywhere you go. Anybody in the world can be saved through the blood of Jesus. Amen? That is yeah, right. <laughs> that's good news. And that's the good news. So let's move on to um, verse 28 and 29. I'm almost done here. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. This is great. Being mature in Christ is a goal. It is a wonderful thing to be. And this is not just for Paul. This is not an apostolic thing here. This is for us also. It's not just for preachers either. It's not just for, for me or Brian or, or any other preacher. It's not just for us. It's for everyone. Everybody has a part in... Um, in teaching and in, in bringing up people to the maturity of Christ. It's not all preachers, but, all, you know, if you are a parent, you have, I mean, I would, I would say probably you have maybe 80%, well, <laughs> for a time being, you have more influence on your kid than any preacher, than any kind of uh, anything, at least for a time, maybe not when they're teenagers, I don't know. We'll get there. But you have more influence. So you, as a parent, have uh, the ability in, uh, and you should be bringing up your kids to maturity in Christ. So this is probably the coolest part of this verse, I think, is if you just read it fast, you'll skip over it. But at the very end, it is a, uh, it says, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. So all these things that Paul is saying here, they are achievable for anybody, not just pastors, but for everybody. They're achievable. The only way they're achievable 
is by his energy. I love that he says his energy. It's not just like his overwhelming power biblically. It's like his energy. He gives us energy to do these things. He gives us the courage, the strength to share with people the gospel. He gives us the courage, the endurance, the energy to keep sharing with our kids, to keep sharing with our family members uh, that don't know him or our babes in Christ, babies in Christ, uh, to grow to uh, to grow to uh, maturity in Christ. And so that is our goal. Our goal as, as Christians is to help others to, to grow in maturity in Christ. And um, we can do it with God's help. That's it for this week. This is the, uh, just had a couple verses, but uh, Pastor Brian will be back next week and uh, we will pick up where we left off. So let's keep worshiping. Okay, what song's next? Okay. How deep the Father's love for us how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the Father turns his face away As wounds mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory on the cross my sin upon his shoulders ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers yeah it was my sin that held him Until it was accomplished And his dying breath has brought me life And I know that it is finished I will boast in anything no gifts no power no wisdom but I will boast in Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection 
Why should I gain from his reward? Or I cannot give an answer. Oh, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. 